Welcome back to another episode of Two Average Husbands. I am your host, Jake. And I'm your host, Kyle. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode. I just realized I didn't turn my air conditioner off, and it's going to be buzzing in the background. It's fine. Shut that off real quick. Like- Keep yourself comfortable, Kyle. That's what we care about here. We don't care about the audio quality of an audio-based podcast. <laughs> I've been running but- it long enough. It'll stay cool in here. I'll be fine. Perfect. Jake, what are you drinking this week? I am going to start off with Obscurity Mead Hall and Cidery, their North Cider, which is a cherry hard cider. That's a mouthful. Obscurity, Meadery, and Cidery? Mead Hall and Cidery. Mead Hall and Cidery. You have, to, you have to differentiate, though, because there's Obscurity that does cider and mead, and then there's Obscurity that does beer. There's an Obscurity brewing as well, so you have to specify because different place. Okay. But... I've had a lot of their stuff before. I've had a lot of their meads before, and their meads are very good. Oh, okay. So I have high hopes for the cider. Right. What are you drinking, Kyle? Thank you for asking. I'm drinking Lost Coast Brewery's Tangerine Beverage. I believe it's a wheat beer. Yep, okay, it's a wheat beer. Um, I think most of what they do at Lost Coast is wheat beers. Could be I believe wrong. so. I feel like a lot of the ones that I've had anyway. Yeah, I haven't had many Lost Coasts. I have, spoiler alert, had this one before. Um so i haven't rated it though before in the podcast so i get to drink it again and we'll see how it stacks up today hey boyd welcome to the chat as always happy wednesday happy to see you saw you weren't able to make a concert for reasons that i won't dime you out for you can dime yourself out i'm sure you will in the chat uh, or a show of some kind that you were going to go to, but couldn't because you couldn't drive spoiler alert we've um, all been there we have all been there <laughs> Jake, you get to go first this week. Do you have I do. any things that you would like to say before we get started? Um, Not really. I like to just hop into it. Let's Uncle Kyle it. says the sound is much better today. I don't know what changed because it's... For who? For you? Uh, like, it, Uncle was Kyle. Was it both of us, Uncle Kyle, or was it just Jake? I would bet it was probably just me, but, you know. It is what it is. We'll figure it out. I don't know what changed. Uh, I think all the settings are exactly the same as they've always been. So we're just going to continue to power forward. But Kyle, to start this week off, I thought we'd think a little bit seriously. Have a little bit of a serious conversation to start the podcast. Because, you know, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. But what are you think? What do you you think are three things or five things? We can expand this however long we want to go in the 15 minutes that I get. Um, but what are some things that you think people are taught that are incorrect and they potentially are so incorrect that they're a little bit harmful? Oh, this is going to be a hot take. People aren't going to like me saying this one. That's fine. That's what we're here for. I would say that the one that I would start with is 150% religion. Yeah. And you can pick any of them. I don't give a shit which one you pick. But teaching especially children that at a young and receptive age and they have no... This is the funny thing about this, right? Is I feel like a lot of people from a religious perspective would say, um, or I would say are connected with the same lines of thinking of like, um, you know, current uh, Mm anti-transgender youth movements, however you want to look at that, however you want to title that, where they're like, you can't make a child make those types of decisions about their body at such a young age. And I would say that in the other direction, I love that I can know exactly what you're doing right there. Sorry. Anyway, um, I think, you know, in the other direction of that is like, you shouldn't be also manipulating their minds at such a young age with something that is controversial in my opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's my number one. That's the easy one-on-one for 
things that you probably shouldn't be teaching, especially to young people. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't disagree with you. I think my parents did religion very well in that, you know, we were baptized when we were younger, but religion was never forced on us. Like if we wanted to go the route of like going to church or going to anything like that was always available to us. Um, some of us uh, gravitated a little bit heavier to that than others. Cough, cough, yeah. my middle brother. But um, sure. he yeah. just he converted to a religion for a woman, which is another that thing. Happens. Probably shouldn't yeah. do that. But but dude, yeah. even in that case, though, like if you're an informed adult and you are able to make those decisions for yourself. Oh, 100 percent. Then do what you got to do, man. Like do yeah. what you believe in. I have no problem with people who are religious. And I will say that definitively. I think same. I'm obviously not based on how this conversation yeah. has started. You know, it's some of my obvious. best friends are like some of the most religious people that I've met, but, and like, we just accept that we don't see eye to eye on that. And we can like still right. have very productive friendships. And I believe that people who have a progressive view in religion, um, specifically Christianity, uh, are fine. Uh, like I have no issues with the way they live their lives, their morals, blah, right. blah, 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 for the most part. Um, that being said, that's not always true. Um, we could have a whole topic yeah. on that, though. I won't. I won't Definitely. spend a whole day on that. That's um, sorry. Perks Party of dogs. Uh... own cats. This is this is Jake right now. What he's yelling, if you're watching on YouTube, is he's yelling, "Buy cats!" Um, instead of you know dogs. Uh, false. Uh, in the Perry household, we have six dogs currently, so you're gonna hear some dogs barking every once in a while. Uh, it's kind of a recurring theme on the podcast at this point. I feel like people should start putting timestamps in the staffs. Timestamps in the chat when you can hear dogs barking. It's my um, unmuted burps and Jake's dogs barking. Yeah, pretty much. These are the two counters that I'm we need. Better. I'm doing better. I think from twenty, from the start of 2023 through all of 2023, we track each of those dog appearances slash dog noises and Kyle burps and see who wins at the end of the year. Boyd, um, with the I love my kitties. Me too. Got to. I've seen or you've seen one of them, I think, on the podcast. Maybe both. I don't know. Maybe Great both. Guess. Um, number one for me that people are taught, I feel super incorrectly is just general nutrition and like the way, like the way that you need to, like, you don't need to eat any one specific way. You don't need you. If you want to have something in your diet, as long as you're medically not against like uh, medically not having a problem by eating it, then you can enjoy it. Like you can, even if you're trying to lose weight, right? I lost weight. I ate burgers, pizza, everything. It's just, you don't have to eat one specific way. And like, we hear things all the time, like, oh, you got to like, there's so many low sodium options and people like try to avoid salt, like the plague. Guess what? If you don't have a predisposed, like a predisposed medical condition, that's going to like that salt is going to affect. It's not, it's very hard to have too much salt. Like you're like, it's, it's very hard. And like your cholesterol, people get their cholesterol tested and they're like, oh, I have high cholesterol. And it's like at that exact moment in time, yes, you had high cholesterol, but Cholesterol, having high cholesterol also means that you're like, if you're a man, you have high test, like you have testosterone in your body. Like, where do you think steroids get derived, derived from? It's cholesterol, steroid. It's literally, that's how you derive some of these like performance enhancing drugs. Like it's, you know, a lot of the buzzwords that people hear in the nutrition community aren't like, they don't matter. Like you can have things with cholesterol in them. You can have things with salt in them. As long as you're not overindulging in any one thing, you're, you're fine. Yeah, and I people can continue to critique my audio as we go through this. I'll try to keep adjusting. My mic doesn't go that much closer to my face to my wife's point. 
in the chat, um, but I can turn up the sensitivity of my mic like that. And so if that's too loud, let me know. If it's not, that's fine too. Just let me know and I'll, I'll continue to adjust. Uh, but anyway, um, yes, I agree with you. Uh, nutrition, um, a couple of points to add on to what you're saying there though, is when one of them is my initial thought in you saying that is, I think it's a lot harder to educate people who are poor about how to eat properly. I will plug that a little bit just because um, I think it's it's harder to manage a healthy diet for lower income families, uh, specifically like working families who mm. are like on a budget that's very strict and they're working like most of the time. And I don't I just think there's some factors that go into that. Yeah. So yes, I do agree with you that I think the way that we are educated on it is bad, um, but also the realistic aspect of being able to you know facilitate those higher quality diets is not always the easiest for some people. I'm I'm not even necessarily saying though like that you have to have a certain certain style of diet or anything like that like you can eat shitty foods that's that's yeah. perfect like you can eat microwavable food yeah same like it's even when I was in the best shape that I've ever been in I still ate that type of food like it's just it's it's more the like of when I say nutrition I mean more of like you have to have like a vegetable, a meat, uh, something else. Like right. you don't, you don't need to eat that way if you don't want to. If you want to eat meat and fruit, eat meat and fruit. You're probably going to be mostly fine. You're still getting fiber. You're still getting a lot of your vitamins and minerals. Just take a multivitamin. You'll probably be fine. Probably like be constipated for a few weeks while you transition. Yeah, the fruit, <laughs> fruit helps you out a lot more than you realize there. Um, but yeah, just like I, I just think general nutrition advice is is really poor in this country, and yeah. I think I think people are starting to get more educated about it, but I still think it could be better. I think part of the problem with it too is um, like fad dieting. Yeah. You know, it's not, um, people aren't trying to educate you to make you healthier. They're trying to educate you in their specific viewpoint to make you pay for their products. I was gonna say it's time, usually you know? to sell a product. Um, so I think that's part of the problem too. And, and you're not gonna be able to get away from that in like a capitalist society. Like you're, right. people are out for a profit and that's, that's fine. Um, you just need to be able to do your own, um, research i guess for lack of a better way which again goes to your point where like people are not being taught this you have to teach yourself uh, so yeah that's part of the problem but yeah agreed what else you got um i just had one and then i got talking about that and i thought okay uh we've talked about this at extreme length and we don't need to go into this unless somebody wants to in the chat and or ask questions or talk about this because i'm happy to do it but uh financial literacy uh is how i would i guess phrase that or friend you know financial education is is, is really really mm -hmm. bad um i think in in some sense people will get like i had a class in high school that was um elective you didn't have to take it and most people chose to because it was easy which is hilarious because you end up like having this class that people are taking for like an easy grade but it actually was really valuable and it was called math for daily living um and it's not you know your your um like geometry or you know whatever i don't fucking care name a math science class right. and it's you know it's not necessarily applicable in your daily life but the, the whole point of this class was to make it applicable in your daily life so right. things like taxes balancing checkbooks which nobody does anymore and that's fine uh stock investments like those types of things is what they talked about in that class and so i think the fact that that was elective is is a little bit laughable to me uh because it was you know it's called for your daily living for a reason like people mm -hmm. do most of these things on a daily basis uh and that would have evolved over time to you know financial literacy of, of like you know credit cards debit cards those types of things and uh understanding credit scores like because some people still don't or never did or don't yeah. understand why you should have credit and things like that so 
yeah that's that's mine but like i said we don't need to d- deep dive on that too much for sure yeah we've definitely hopped into that poll once or twice on the podcast yeah. my, by the way finances. by the way not financial advisors not a financial um next up for me i think is like uh it's more applicable i think to men than women that like it's bad to show your emotions yeah like there's nothing wrong with being emotional and having feelings and like being able to express them. And that often causes like, especially you see all the time, like at least I see it because I'm on TikTok. I know you probably don't see it as much, but like the people, the guys who like post TikToks and they're like half joking, half serious about how they like, they don't have anybody to go to really. Like they don't have like some, yeah, like sure. they just don't trust being able to talk to other guys or like if they do go talk to another guy, like the advice that they get is just like, just keep, keep trucking on. Like you'll be fine. And yeah, and that's sure. not like, there's, there's like a, just so, so much of a stigma, stigma around mental health still. And I think like, I think we're starting to, again, starting to get away from that a little bit as we become yeah. a little bit more educated on it, sure. but it's uh, still like a, there you go. Um, it's still like a general, thing that I think too many people have that negative perspective because they were taught it when they were young. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you. Um, you know, it's, uh, the, somebody said a phrase, I'm gonna have to think of what it was, but the, the real phrase that I think, you know, is what, how mo- most people refer to this now is emotional intelligence. And Carly and I were just talking about this the other day. And that's, um, uh, it's something that wasn't really talked about or taught or thought about or discussed really in any sense when we were younger. Um, and now it's, it's a buzzword, right? It's a, a societal, uh, topic of people need to have this emotional intelligence in all assets or mm. you know, aspects of their life. And, um, yeah, I didn't really grow up that way either. And it's interesting. Carly and I will have t- had plenty of conversations about this, but she grew up in like a very open dialogue type of family. Uh, you know, talk through your, what's going on with your life. Um, parents are open to your anything, like mm. not overly judgmental, that type of thing. And not, not that my parents were really ju- judgmental, but they, um, we never really had those conversations, right? You know, it wasn't like an open dialogue. Talk to me about everything type of family. It was, uh, how was your day? Okay, sweet. See you later. Type yeah. of you know thing. Um, yeah. So I, it's it depends on the way that you were that you were brought up. Uh, how developed you're going to be in those senses, and like you said, it's it's gendered quite a bit. So. Mm-hmm. Nice. There we yeah, go. So uh, every time I get to talking about one of your topics, I completely forget about the one that I want to bring up. So. Um, might take me a minute to think of another one if you have another one off the tip of your uh, I do um and it kind of goes along with like the talk of everybody like wanting to like start their own business be entrepreneurs grinding grind culture is terrible and we need to get away from grind culture like the fact that like your people are encouraged they're like you have 24 hours in a day sleep four hours and then the, you have 20 hours to get oh, shit yeah, done yeah, like that's so yeah, yeah. fucking terrible like it's so bad for your physical and mental health like yes you're gonna have a business but you're gonna be depressed you're gonna be like yeah. not in good shape yeah. you're gonna not be able to enjoy yeah. this big empire that you're trying to build and there's so many better ways and so many more effective ways to like make a side hustle into your main hustle or make like if you want to be an entrepreneur and start a career, like start your own thing, like there's healthy ways to do it where you can still be uber productive yeah. you can still get a lot of shit done, but you don't have to, you don't have to like sacrifice your life and your health yeah. and everything to do it. I think you have to be careful with the language you're using there though, because I think you're circling the drain of like some buzzwords that people use to bring people into MLMs. Uh, like 
turn your side hustle into the main hustle, you know, like, or you turn your side hustle into making you rich, that type of shit. Yeah. The kind of things that people use to like reel you into an MLM. So be careful with that type of like inflammatory. Nope. Gonna, gonna you know, keep saying it. If you want to turn your side hustle into your main hustle, <laughs> you can, but that's not going to be slinging. You only have to pay $10,000 up front for all of this product. That's not going to be 10 of your friends. It's not going to be slinging knives or shitty health supplements door to door. Let me tell you. Yeah. But yeah, I think I just think that culture is very negative and it's yeah. it's very like demeaning. Like people brag about how much they work. I'm like, yeah, guess what? You work 80 hours a week. I work 40 hours a week. We make. Yeah, you make more money than me. You're working more than me. You're yeah. basically making minimum wage at this point. You're working so much and making what you're making yeah. like my career has a tendency to, to push people in that direction as well into that grind mentality for sure. Uh, yeah, depending on which way you end up going. My my. My career definitely does as well. Like the, the more you work, the more you can make that kind of thing. Like, especially in like, if you're in any sales or like commission-based careers out there, like that's often the push there, but it's like, you can do just as much in 40 hours as you do in 80 if you use your time, right? Yeah, and that, that's the funny thing too. There's a lot of uh, discussions and I think studies about that now where like you bring people in for 10 hours a day uh, or you bring them in for, you know, six, five or whatever, and you yeah. look, or, or whether you do a 30 hour versus a 40. Uh, and a lot of people have found that people are just as productive on a smaller, uh, you know, level of actual like in office work, right? Because they're not wasting as much time. Mm -hmm. Because they same have, the, they still have the same like deadlines and things like that. So they know that they need to get this work done. But they also know how to or are trying to prioritize their time better when they don't have, um, you know, so much downtime during the day right. or whatever. And that's super true of what I do. Like people will be like chit chatting, like, like, you know, talk around the water cooler type of thing. All yeah. The time. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. And, and I was going to say that, too. That was part of like my discussion of what you're saying here is that it's not about grinding your life away, but it's about like uh, time and task management. Right. Mm -hmm. And like I think it's it's better to look at the people that are like you know, make the most of your day rather than like compartmentalize your days into this type of thing and grind away. Like, um, there was a nice, put the banner back up. Thank you. Just, just remembered about it. Um, there was uh, a Navy SEAL or uh, I think at one point in time, that's like, and this is a little bit of a cliche too, but he's like, you know, get up every single morning. And the first thing that you should do is like make your bed. Why? Because then you've accomplished something for the day. So it's like about setting yourself up, like, you know, on like a successful mentality rather right than like you need to be working constantly and getting up and running 500 right. miles it's like dude just make your bed yeah you know what i mean like you do something simple you feel like you've accomplished something uh you know that that type of thing so it's just better time management and utilization to rather than kill yourself over overworking you know definitely that's okay boyd you can accomplish something else i haven't either make that cup of coffee i yeah the next time i make a bed will be when i'm selling this house and i have to stage it i uh that'll be the next time i make my bed you can ask Carly if she's still in the chat. Um, that's why I have a wife right now. I'm a bed maker. Made her bed first time I stayed at her place. Married. She did say that when I was out there. I do. Rem I do recall. It's a thing. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have too much else on that. I don't think unless you do. Perfect. Okay. Let's hop onto your topic. Oh no, I was gonna like just that individual item. Oh. I have another one I thought of that I was gonna okay. Get, let's let's do that and then your topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah we're getting right at the edge of the time here, so we're good. Um, okay, so <clears throat> this was the other one for me that I was thinking of and I forgot. But I think we do a really, really, really bad job of prepping people for career decisions at a young age. You know, so in like, right. I think I might have talked about this on the podcast as well before at some point in time in like some small scale. But um, I think pressuring 
young 17 and 18 year olds that are in high school to make financial and you know career decisions uh, for college is is really bad in the way that we set them up for that decision making uh so like you know and i already talked about this a little bit right like you do a lot of classes that aren't necessarily applicable to every single day life and i've seen some some you know good things about why they can be applicable or like how what they're teaching and stuff like that but at the same time uh the problem with that is like you know you're not giving a generally speaking i would say that in my experience i haven't seen like high schoolers getting like career fairs and i know some do and some don't but yeah it's i think you should be spending more time giving high schoolers the opportunity to like job shadow like agree and, and you oh. get those opportunities in college but then you're already kind of locked in right right like it wasn't until my senior year of college i think or maybe end of junior year of college when I was getting opportunities and this is a little bit on me, like I'll take some ownership of this too. Like there probably were some opportunities out there that I just weren't seeking, but the school wasn't really pushing me into like these types of opportunities until I was about to graduate of like, Hey, get out there, do an internship, you know, get out there and check out these job fairs. That kind of thing was towards the end of my college time. But it seems to me like the right time to do that is in high school or even like younger, if you can get people exposed to like, what do these jobs actually look like? And what does the day to day look like? And, you know, like take your kid to work kind of day, <laughs> get them out there yeah. in the world and see what these, what the realistic expectation is, uh, because you might be going to school for like accounting and you go fucking shadow an accountant for a day and realize it's the most miserable fucking thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. And you're, you know, you, you don't want to do that forever. So, um, I think we do a really bad job of educating people and preparing them for those decisions because they lead to shitloads of debt and like a lot of the time you get so far deep into it that you don't want to like change and switch yeah. to a thing that, that you might be more interested in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really hard thing to do and I think it just needs to be managed better, but that's, that's what I think. As a former college admission counselor <laughs> agreed wholeheartedly. So I really don't have much else to add to what you said there. Like, it's just my, I was super lucky in that I went to a high school that did a really good job about preparing people like we could we could take auto classes in high school we could take shop classes where we did electrical and we did woodworking like we had all these options but like they had to bus kids in from other schools to our school because they didn't have these options there i think a lot of high schools do a pretty decent job of those types of things like your your trade stuff like you know carpentry or like machine you know stuff like that on a yeah of of all of like the possibilities i think schools do a better job of those three four things Mm -hmm. um than they do of a lot of the other fields like the ones that they're really pressuring people to go to, right? They're not pressuring people to go to trade schools. They're pressuring people to go to four-year universities most of the time. But you don't get exposed to those types of jobs other than teaching. We, you know our, I mean? our school was lucky with that, too, where, like, they had classes where they were teaching people how to do, like, graphic design or code. Like, we had coding classes. We had yeah, we sales classes, sort of sales classes in high school. We had, you know, we had a good overall career preparation. But a lot of schools I know didn't. And that's a problem. Yeah, and Uncle Kyle brought in earning potential into this too is like being realistic with younger people about, you know, possibilities outside of of education and what you're going to be making and what you right. can, you know, what that what does that truly look like? Um, because I think people were deterred for a long time for for and which is why we have a shortage of people in trade jobs now and they're trying to recruit that a little bit more heavily because people are told go to a four-year university and go do this type of job because you're going to make more money and that's not always true and a lot of the times it's not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but for sure. Awesome. That's the last one. I think just so we don't go too far over time on one topic. Yes, sir. Do you have a rating for your beer? Do you need to wait a little bit? 
Um, I can rate it if you're ready to hop into your second beer, but I still got about half. You All drink right. too fast for me, man. This one's good. I knew I was gonna like it. So this, I like that this tastes like real cherries as opposed to like maraschino cherries. I like maraschino cherries. I, I also like I cherries. love <laughs> I also love maraschino cherries, but I do love these like real cherries too. I'm gonna give this a six point two, and with my rating, I would like to mention. Kyle and I have previously been keeping a spreadsheet of all the beers that we drank with the scores that we are giving on there. Moving forward, we will start putting our individual beers into our own untapped profiles. If you're unfamiliar with untapped, it's a beer kind of rating website. So you can see what different beers kind of score as. So if you're interested in that, we will put our links in our link tree and you can go to each of our individual untapped profiles and see not only what our, our rating is, it's a five-point scale yeah. and only uses a quarter point, so it's going to be a little bit different. But yep. you'll be able to see what we think of different beers or at least even like you can get just, you know, go look at the stouts that I've rated and see my my style of stout if you know, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing. But we will include the links for those in our group or in our link tree going forward. Shout out to Carly for telling me to finally download this. I've known about this app for years. Same. And just never cared to get into it. And I have no idea why. Now it's 10 times more applicable because of this podcast. Uh, but for us, you know, we, we've we been on a 10-point scale, like Jake said, for a long time. So we're going to, for the interim now, and while we kind of gauge what this looks like, we're just going to cut those numbers in half as we convert them into mm-hmm. the untapped uh, five-point scale. Um, so you're going to see a little bit of difference. But this is going to be way more easily accessible than people trying to like wait for screenshots of our Google Doc yeah. or whatever the fuck all the time, you know. So this is uh, this is the way forward, I think, for us. It'll be a little bit more advanced in terms Definitely. of technology. So it'll, it'll Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I even on the podcast, even if we switch to change to rating it, I'm still going to instinctively go off a ten point scale. So I hope you're ready for me to say six point two, and then you're going to go on the app and be like, "Why this guy give it a three and a quarter?" Yeah. I'm gonna be like, that's why. Now it's, you know. It's actually tougher, I think, when you get to a smaller point scale. So I can, I might like put it on a ten scale and then divide it by two just to make it easier for myself. Because I, I don't know, I have a hard time. I think uh, putting things because I feel like a lot of things are gonna be in the threes for me, which is uh, why I'm gonna start off this way with a 4.0 for the Lost Coast Tangerine because it is a really good beer. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it'll be fun. I think it's accessible yeah. and you can get on there too and drink beers with us and blah 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 blah. blah. So it's a cool cool opportunity all right but i already gave you my rating and passing there so the second beer that i'm gonna have is the lost coast downtown brown which is a brown ale after i just got talking about how they do mostly wheats this is a brown uh so on it to be completely upfront, and if you've watched this podcast at all or listened to this uh, podcast at all i don't love brown ales i think for the most part they all taste about the same um so we'll see how this one is but i like lost coast brew i'm gonna switch over to the feels by transient um i love that they call their seltzers just sparkle water like that's how they advertise like instead of calling it like any type of beer it's sparkle water um but this has pineapple toasted coconut orange nutmeg and it's made from corn sugar but it's it'll it'll sneak up on you it's seven percent first beer was also seven percent pineapple and coconut and i am always disappointed when either of those things are put into an alcoholic beverage i think the flavors never come out Uh, i've had some good pina coladas yeah that's different i'm talking about beers you said alcoholic beverage that's fair i did say that i love pina coladas but like pina coladas have coconut milk and coconut in them off to a great start and because if i poured that for you you would not know this was a seltzer that's true it's very yellow 
All right. All right. What is topic number one for you, Kyle? My first topic, and I'm gonna, I was gonna do this in a different order, but I'm gonna go in the reverse order for my topics because you went serious first. I'm gonna go not serious first, and then I like that because my second topic is not serious, so it's like a serious Perfect. sandwich. Yeah. yeah, that's great. All right, so I saw a tweet today uh, from one Luke Sawhook, and if you don't know who he is or don't care, that's fine. He's a football, a fantasy football analyst, I guess is probably what he would call himself. Content. Know creator social media icon amongst the fantasy fantasy football football realm anyway um he tweeted today and i saw it and i laughed a little bit out loud and then i was like man i bet that's more common than i think um so i didn't i was gonna screenshot it and i could probably just look it up maybe i should but i could probably remember it relatively verbatim in terms of what he tweeted so i want to know what your thoughts are and then i'm gonna ask two follow-on questions to this luke tweeted and said he has to drive from new york to canton tomorrow And he has a seven and a half hour drive by yep. himself. And he said that's the farthest he's ever gone by himself, which is breaking his previous record of two hours yep. driving away from, uh, you know, anywhere by himself. And so I laughed out loud because I'm from the Midwest and being from the Midwest means yep. long road trips. It does. Uh, most of the time in a group setting. So, in, which is why I kind of had to backtrack on this a little bit uh, when I, when I first kind of chuckled at the tweet, cause I was like, okay, he's saying by himself, that's true. Most of the time, like I was with a family or friend or girlfriend or wife or whatever. Uh, and so the road trips were, were shared with somebody else. But that being said, I've done a lot of them by myself too. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jake, I wanna know what's the farthest you've ever driven in one shot by yourself and with a group? Cause I think it'll be, it'll be good to compare it this way. By myself was probably my drive to also Ohio. Um, when I did the JWB meetup with the guys that I do fantasy football content with, um, that was about, if you plug it into the GPS, it said it was about six hours, but with all the traffic and everything that I hit, it was closer to eight. That's the farthest I've done individually. And then with a group, um, in one shot, my wife and I did about 14 hours from Illinois to Virginia, to Williamsburg, Virginia specifically. And that took about 14 hours. That was rough. But yeah, the uh, the six, the or whatever you want to call it, seven and a half, eight hours that I did by myself, it really wasn't that bad. It was more so the fact that I had drank for three straight days, got hit in the head with a golf ball and was just like coming down like Sunday scaries in the worst way possible, like yeah. coming down from just an uber high, like, you know, that post vacation depression that you'll hit like. Dude, yeah, it especially was, if there's drinking involved. Like when you're at the end of a vacation where you've been drinking a lot, it's really yeah. tough to like want to do anything, especially to be drive. stone cold sober and have to drive yeah. what you think is going to be six hours and ends up being closer to eight than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm relatively tough. impressed by my own ability to drive and drive long distances. I'm not a truck driver and I know Uncle Kyle can beat me. That's for sure. 100%. 685 miles, he said. I don't know how far that is in time, so you're gonna have to read that to me in time. If I'm doing quick math, I'm thinking like 60 miles an hour. That's 11 and a half, like 11 and a quarter hours, 11 hours, 20 minutes ish. If that's true, then I've definitely beaten Uncle Kyle, which is impressive to me. Even at 7:04, I've beaten you by a lot. So uh, I had to drive somewhere for work, not that long ago. Oh, from Tucson, Arizona straight through to North Richland Hills, Texas, um, nonstop by myself, um, which I just Googled it again. And that is 933 miles 
and it's a 13 hour and 30 minute. I want to pull up the the distance of my drives now to figure this out. So that was the longest I've ever done by myself was 13 and a half hours. It was dumb. Not from a safety perspective. Um, like I said, for some reason I'm, I'm pretty good at staying like super alert and awake and active while I'm driving to like, you know, I don't, and if I was uncomfortable in any way, shape or form, I would pull over or do whatever I needed to do, you know, take a nap or go to a rest stop or, or do whatever. Um, that's fair. Uncle Kyle, if that was just in a truck, I'd love to know what you've done in the car to see if I still beat you, Mr. Semi driver. So Um, real quick, I just pulled mine up. And if you take this exact route that it is suggesting, which add a couple miles, because this is just to Williamsburg, Virginia, not the actual hotel yeah, that we sure. stayed at, That's but yeah. 866 and a half miles. Yeah. Yeah. It, dude, 13 hours is, is rough. And so, um, and then I had to, the, the shittiest thing about this, right, is like I go and I go for work and I was there for a little while. There was a couple episodes that I recorded mm-hmm. from my cell phone, terrible quality while I was there. Um, anyway, um before that mine uncle kyle just said his was from illinois to dallas texas and before this trip it was probably that for me too because i drove straight through iowa to dallas a few times but anyway um i never won't laugh when you mute to birth i'm sorry i just i i hear the the sound of like your finger hitting the button (laughs) like just a little bit of sliding against metal i'll never not laugh at it well okay so the worst part about this one is i did that and then the next day i had to complete the journey and drive all the way to Alabama after that. So it ended up being an additional um, 10 hours, I think, the next day. So it was basically a 23-hour drive in two days, which was a lot to do um, by yourself. The worst part, though, is that three weeks later, I had to turn around and do it in reverse. Um, and that was terrible because I knew how bad it was after having committed to it and done yep. it. And I was like, my God, this is going to be terrible doing it in reverse. And it was. It was really bad. So... That's the farthest I've gone uh, solo. What did you say your group was? 14 hours. It was that 866 mile one to Virginia. Okay. Um, I'm not, so like I've done longer total drives, but with my parents, like driving down to like Disney World, we would always split it up. Like we would stop yeah. and like, we'd get to like Atlanta area, stay in a hotel and then finish the drive sure. to Florida in the yeah, morning. Yeah, sure. We would never do it in a straight shot. So I think that's my longest. The longest group one I've had was actually moving here, moving from Tucson out uh, out here to California. And the worst part about it is, is it should have been a 12 hour drive. Uh, and 12 hours in a group is an easy kill. No problem whatsoever. I could do that in my sleep. Oh, hundred um, percent. But when you're in a U-Haul that can't exceed 55 miles an hour without sounding like the engine's gonna blow up and you're going through hills and on side roads of whatever towns and like all this stupid shit, it it turned into an 18 hour drive. Um, I think almost 19 actually, now that I think about it. And I drove the U-Haul the whole way through. Um, I had Carly and my mom with me. They were sharing driving of uh, the other car and then, you know, keeping me company. But fucking A, that drive was awful, 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 awful. Cause I had a 26 foot truck and a trailer behind it pulling Carly's car which I brought up that I was going to do that. And I asked for suggestions from here and I appreciated the advice that I got from uncle Kyle and a few others that mentioned some, some techniques in the chat. Cause it definitely was a nightmare. Um, but we got through it and I was capable and functional and, uh, made it happen. So the second part of this conversation is, and this is taking a little longer than I thought already, but what did you do to get yourself through that drive in terms of like activities or ho- however you yeah. coped with the drive, uh, specifically on the one by yourself. 
And if you want an honorable mention to any road snack that helped you get through, I'll take that too. 1000%. Got th- this is pretty easy. It's always a go-to for me. I find a podcast that I want to listen to and I I like on Spotify you can download the episodes. Mm-hmm. So then I download the episodes and only listen to the ones that I downloaded. So like for that drive to Ohio, for whatever reason I was listening to a lot of Bustin' with the boys. So I listened to both parts of the Burt Kreischer podcast that they had mm-hmm. and the Chris Long podcast and then I want to say the Shane Gillis one, but it might have been a different one. But it's just like I just found eight hours of podcasting and it, it helps if it's something funny because it keeps you like mentally engaged because you're laughing yeah. at the jokes like it yep. just keeps you awake um, when it comes to the snacks, though. So that's pretty much it. I listen to podcasts. I don't listen to music really when I drive or I fall asleep. Um, but hmm. if I when it comes to the snacks, there's tears to this, but it's always <laughs> respect. <laughs> Uh, respect Uncle Kyle. Uncle Kyle. So, um, truthfully, drugs <laughs> before he got his life straight, which is but, hilarious. But uh, yeah, I can appreciate. I always get at least an energy drink. So that's nor- recently anyway. It's been the Citrus Ghost energy drink. That thing fucking slaps, and everybody should try it. Energy drinks, yeah. That flavor is great. A couple of the other flavors are pretty solid. The orange dreamsicle one was might be the biggest disappointment I've ever had in my life, but that's another topic for a different day. Um, you had that conversation. Did you talk about that one on the top on the podcast that day? No, I hadn't had it at that point. Oh, I only okay. had this a couple of weeks ago. Gotcha. Um, so I always get an energy drink, and then I get like a Powerade or Gatorade Zero, normally the cherry flavor, okay. and then the go-to actual snacks. I get beef jerky, and that's it. Okay. I'm a. It's just protein. It's somewhat healthy. I don't have to stop to get a meal. If I do stop for a meal, though, it's always going to be McDonald's. Younger, it would have been Subway. Now it's always just McDonald's. A couple double cheeseburgers get you back on the road. That's it. That's my dr- that's my travel tips. About road trips is that Subway and McDonald's are the two most accessible places. Yep. They're everywhere when you're driving. You can uh, well if you're if you're driving in the Midwest, you're normally going by truck stops. So you can at least normally get like a Wendy's. Uh, yeah. Maybe a Taco yeah. Bell. Yeah, Maybe. it's hit and miss with the other ones. Like, it's a little bit scattered. My point is, like, almost every stop you're going to see a fucking Subway yeah. at McDonald's. It's ridiculous. McDonald's, Subway, Dunkin'. You get those three options, and that's yeah. pretty much it. Uh, but for me, it's literally the exact opposite of you, which I find kind of interesting. If I put a podcast on on a long drive, I will pass out. Mm. I've tried it repeatedly because I actually get really interested in the content. And, like, when I'm doing short drives, like, I drive to work and back. I listen to podcasts the whole way there and the whole way back uh, for the most part. And I have no problems. It doesn't make me yeah. tired at all. I'm engaged in the content, but it's for those short periods of time. But if I go on a long road trip and start to try to like, especially if I try to do it back to back, like from one episode to the next, I'm screwed. I'm going to yeah. pass it. So, oh man, I don't know. This is getting to me today. Um, but uh, it's because they're bottles and you didn't pour them hard enough. I guess so. But for me, anyway, uh, music is the exact, op- you know, the opposite for me. It doesn't put me to sleep. It, it's what gets me through. And I go through the craziest, like, waves of genres. I'll literally listen to, like, 30 minutes of country, followed by, like, 40 minutes of, like, emo punk rock from the fucking 2000s. If I listen to music when I'm driving, I have to do that. I have to switch it up. Like, because then I just get, like, or if I get, I can't get stuck on an artist. If Mm -hmm. I get, like, if I find myself and I've listened to an hour of Thomas Rhett, I want to crash my car. Like, I'm so tired that I'm just, like, I did, I think I listened to, like, somebody could have to, you'd have to Google this, I don't, I don't care enough to do it, to be completely honest with you, 
but I don't know how long the punk or pop goes punk volume is. Uh, Which one? Like one through seven. It, there's like a, a playlist. Yeah. Like one through seven, I think. Oh, it's all of them. And I don't know how long that is, but I listened to the entire thing. It's probably close to like six and a half, seven hours. It might. I don't know. I have. Those no are some bangers, though. I listened there's to some, the whole fucking thing. On I need that Texas. to come back. It's that's what I do. Like I like. I'm like, what would I like to listen to? Oh, what did I listen to back in the day? And I'll fucking find shit like that and just jam the fuck out and go crazy on my drives. Um, so that's what I do to keep myself going. Uh, that being said, also caffeine. Shitloads of caffeine, for sure. But I'm a coffee guy. I like coffee. I'll drink coffee. Um, as opposed to energy drinks, I'll have those if I... If, if my problem with coffee is like, whatever, I drink one cup of coffee and then I want another one. And then I want another one. And then I want another one. Drinks, they drink but the it, juice to me. No, if I, if I drink an energy drink, I drink the one I'm good. That's not how I am. We're opposites on that one. This is interesting. On that one. We're pretty uh, similar most of the other times, but. Also a little bit opposite in the snack realm, just because I'm a cheap ass and I will not pay for beef jerky at a gas station because it's disgustingly I, overpriced. Bro, that's the key. You don't go to the gas station. You find the Walmart that's inevitably just like a quarter mile down the road. Yeah, you run it and you get the big bag. Or if there's like in the Midwest, you find a Blaine's Farm and Fleet. You find a. Uh, that's good, yeah. Uh, what's, what are the other, well, Fleet Farm is the other one, Tractor Menards Supply, one. Menards. Yeah, those, yeah. You find one of those, you get the little, like the 10 pound bag, not 10 pound, the like pound bag of beef jerky for like 10 bucks. That's still expensive to me for a snack, like a road snack. So for me, I but if you like get a $2 like, bag of Chex Mix. Yeah, but then you're hungry again in 25 minutes. I'm not. Well, I am. Um, but yeah, that's an often, that's a, a pretty typical one for me is Chex Mix. Uh, Carly will tell you that I'm lying about this, but I also like to do corn nuts on the road. For whatever I reason, love corn I, nuts. I need the crunching. What flavor? <laughs> what flavor? Uh, I buy barbecue more than anything. Smart. You're but smart, man. I think man. that those are the most common one that I find because I also like the ranch ones. The ranch ones are palatable. Um, OGs are not something I'd uh, why would buy. You, I don't know why anybody would. Um, but yeah, pretty much always barbecue. Costco always has fire beef jerky and cocoa. I'm just going to point that out. The, the steak strips from Costco, always a go to. Yeah, their, their stuff's pretty good. And it's obviously a little bit better price when you buy in bulk. Um, that being said, I have done jerky before. I like Dukes. Yep. If you like the, the Dukes jerky sticks or whatever the fuck those beef sticks, whatever. Those are pretty yeah. good. But yeah, that's mine, I think. Chex Mix, Corn Nuts, and er, Coffee. I fucking hate McDonald's. I avoid it like the plague. I love Arby's on road trips. Love me some Arby's on road trips. You do trip. love you some Arby's. Uh, but that's all I got. Just a quick little interjecting topic. You can go to your not serious, and then I'll this slap it with this. This is screen. actually kind of perfect because this is going to be, I think, a pretty quick topic. What are three seasonal items that you wish were available year-round? Um, okay. I don't get really into seasonal shit, to be completely honest with you. Um, but there's something. But, uh, shamrock shakes for McDonald's. Yes. And I say that. Knowing that I haven't had one in like five fucking years. Yeah, but they're. But that's if they one of the were, first things that I think of when I say that. If they were around year round, the key though, you get half shamrock, half chocolate. No, I don't like. Uh, you get a mint. You get like a mint chocolate chip <laughs> kind of thing going. Carly says a liar. Uh, she says it in Davide voice, which is a Love Island reference for those that don't know. Um, I had no clue what was going on there. So. 
Uncle Kyle, yes. This is the other one that's obvious and I have to go to it as well. And that's the PSL, which somebody just said that at work the other day and a guy that I work with acted like the other guy that I worked with was a moron for saying PSL. Nah. He had never heard that in his nah, life. Nah, we all knew what he was talking dumb. about. Yeah, you're the, you're the one fucking up here, my guy. Um. So anyway, yeah, pumpkin spice lattes are obviously on the list too. Shamrock shakes are so fucking good. Um, and then I'll, I'll have to take a minute to try to think of something else. So... Um, I'll let you do that, and if Carly can think of another one, I'll, I'll I'll I can read this while you think too, because Carly has to fucking dime me out on the chat here, and she said that Kyle does not avoid McDonald's as he says he does. He woke up a few weeks ago wanting it for breakfast when I bought spicy nuggets the other day. He was the first one out the door, uh, or when she brought it up. I'm just saying, it's true. Their spicy nuggets are okay. Um, if I ever go to McDonald's for anything other than breakfast, it is a nugget usually, uh, and then I also do like their but that being said i still don't like going to mcdonald's so say what you want to say you're wrong anyways so we know the pumpkin spice latte is on that list that is yeah that is my favorite starbucks drink of all time i'm just saying i've gotten started to get something different recently and i I like it similarly maybe to a pso i don't know i think i know what you're talking about because i'm pretty sure it's what you got when we went it was yeah that's that one's good Number two for me, though, I wish like caramel covered apples were a thing year round. And I'm not talking about the ones that you can buy at the store. I'm talking about like you go to an apple orchard and it's their apples that are fresh, picked off a tree, dunked in some homemade caramel with some with some I'm going to call it seasoning. But like whether it's sprinkles, I always go for the candy ones that are covered in like the M&M's or like peanuts, whatever it's covered in. I want those year round. I don't need that. I don't want that in the fall. I want that in the summer. It's refreshing. It surprises me a little bit because I couldn't tell you the last time that I had that. Bro, I, when Jess and I like randomly, like a year ago, Jess and I randomly went to this candy store that was like a mile from our house or our apartment. And they had like fresh made ones from a local orchard. I bought nine. Hmm. They're so good. I love them. I don't. It's kind of healthy, kind of not. I frankly do not know if I've had one in the last 15 years. Like, I have no idea. Uh, well, so clearly it hasn't been that memorable to me. Um, but I, I'm trying to think of anything else. And the only one, the problem for me is that, so like, I don't really get into Thanksgiving foods that much. So other than like fall being associated with the pumpkin spice latte, mm-hmm. I don't crave like the foods christmas there's nothing really that i think of that i i i would crave incredibly carly might have to help me out with this one because i'm sure there's something that i'm not thinking of that i i would i get seasonally that i wish was around more the other thing that comes into my mind and the only reason this one maybe comes to mind for me is because carly and i talked about it the other day and that's pumpkin bread i love pumpkin bread um and that's technically available most of the year but the problem is, is you can't really find pumpkin out of season. Yeah. Um, at least as readily. It's more really just around the fall season. That so pumpkin bread, I guess. Is that is my last one on my list is pumpkin beers. You cannot find pumpkin beers out of season. Like it has, like breweries only make them during holiday season, and I fucking love them. And I wish they were available year round. Specifically, the pumpkin nitro cold brew that they made that I reviewed on this podcast, go back and watch the episode or listen to the episode. If you haven't, I'm just saying no free shout outs, but it's no fucking delicious. To ourselves. <laughs> um, there's a, uh, there's a couple of good, like spiced beers that come around Christmas time too, that I really enjoy. 
Um, Blue Moon used to have a really good one that I've talked about probably a billion times, maybe not on this podcast, yeah. uh, but I don't think they make it anymore. Anyway, yeah, that's all I got. Perfect. We each did three. Sweet. All right. We on to your topic. 13 minutes to wrap this up. So this is going to be a little compressed and I can kind of talk fast. Um, and I'll probably pull up. I had a couple of things on my phone to remind me of this, but I said on Twitter that I would talk about the legislation uh, that came out. And so I'm going to do that. Let me pull up some summaries here to make sure I don't miss anything. Uh, and there's a couple different uh, things that have happened recently that I wanted to focus on. So one of them is the Inflation Reduction Act of, Act of 2022 that just passed. Well, it passed the Senate. It's got to go back to the House and get signed by Biden. So it's not through yet, but it, it likely will be with uh, the Democratic-controlled House and Biden being on board, obviously. Uh, so that was passed by a narrow margin. The other one is the Semiconductor mm-hmm. or CHIPS Act uh, that passed. I can't remember what that acronym stands for or if it was an acronym or if they just were saying chips. It's, um, hold on. It'll come to me. Continue. And then the final one is the PACT Act, um, which was uh, interesting to see the resistance that that one got. So, to be honest, after reviewing the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, I was not that impressed. I, I will say that up front. So it covers things like prescription drugs and trying to cap pricing, tax credits back to consumers for certain um, energy efficiency initiatives, uh, raising corporate taxes, um, and an overall attempt to curb inflation. Uh, So getting into some of the individual aspects of of this one, uh, cheaper prescription drugs is how this article specifically talks about it. Uh, But... The problem is, is it was there was a lot of um, partisan problems when they were trying to make this a universal cap on certain drug prices, and so what they ended up doing uh, initially in the Senate was dividing this into Medicare customers versus privately owned health insurance customers. Uh, they had to divide it that way because Senate Republicans were saying that the government shouldn't be restrictive for those that have private insurance only government-owned insurance, essentially, as in Medicare. Mm. Um, And then maybe a little bit into the um, Affordable Care Act folks, uh, the people that have that insurance. So the problem with that is that eventually this turns into a longer fight and a longer battle. And they basically scrapped everything that was going to benefit anybody that had uh, their own private insurance. So really, this only applies to people that have Medicare. And like I said, I think it's some Affordable Care Act um, customers as well. Uh, But the... The, the intent was to cap uh, drug prices, right? Because drug prices are out of control. People are having a hard time paying for medication. As I'm sure everybody's probably aware that listens to this podcast, um, they shot down capping insulin prices, which is incredible. Uh, sh- I can't believe that didn't make it through. Like, I can't, I, I'm very shocked. Yeah, I don't. Bipartisan. Um, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so there's a $2,000 cap on out-of-pocket expenses for Medicare uh, enrollees. Uh, But the problem is, and I don't know if it's in this article or if it's in a different one that I read, but that only covers, I think, 10 drugs. They're only, like, capping price on 10 drugs. That's not very many, if you don't know. Um, And then by 2026, maybe, 2028, I can't remember. It's not in this article. It's in a different one I read. Uh, They were expanding that out to 20 drugs, 20 drugs total. Um, I think is where it was going to end. So it's not really going to have that far reaching of an impact on people and it's not going to cover insulin, like I said. So it's just, 
fuck that just doesn't seem like it's gonna do enough to me all right and then <clears throat> go ahead no i was just gonna say i agree with you it seems like more of a long-term play that is gonna have minimal impact for this is my honest assessment of the entire bill and i was gonna save it for the end of this conversation but i can just bluntly say this i think this is a bill that was passed to affect midterm elections yeah it is something that was pushed through to make democrats look like they're getting initiatives accomplished going to midterms and that, that i think that's, that's well because it wasn't it also wasn't it a bigger bill that was basically like eventually dwindled down into what it currently is like there was a lot like it just got negotiated down into a lot less than it was originally planned on it was supposed to be like a 1.8 trillion dollar bill or something like that something huge uh and it's down into the hundreds of millions yeah it so it, it it's a concession bill that makes both sides look like they're making leeway but really it's just kind of like doing a handful of things yeah. to kind of say we're doing something. It's just a little bit frustrating to me yeah. um, with the partisan problem. But anyway, uh, tax credits to EV buyers is good. This is something that I've been waiting for personally, and I think it's great. They're expanding um, the coverage for the $7,500 federal tax credit, which is cool. Um, but the problem is uh, that uh, I thought it was going to be going the original legislation was supposed to be taking it up to like a twelve thousand dollar tax credit or like twelve thousand five hundred something like that so mm -hmm. they didn't increase this they just made it uh, available longer because there originally was a two hundred thousand unit cap on this so like if tesla sold two hundred thousand electric vehicles nobody got a tax credit from tesla anymore mm -hmm. and they've either lifted or completely eliminated uh that uh, the cap on that. So that's good. And then there's a $4,000 credit added for people that are buying used EVs, which is also cool. That's about it. There's also, I think, and Carly sent me some data on this too, and I could dig into it, but we just don't have a ton of time. But there's some data too on uh, like some other energy initiatives for the consumer that could save you in like energy costs. Mm -hmm. and, like, if you're buying like electric versus like gas uh, water heaters or like smaller capacity or higher efficiency um and then high efficiency like stoves and shit like that like there's like a bunch of little initiatives sprinkled in there too to to help incentivize clean energy excuse me um uncle kyle no it didn't raise taxes on everyone um that being said what they tried to do was raise corporate taxes this is the problem that i see with this and it, it is a, a pretty substantial problem in my opinion is that uh, raising corporate taxes is a little bit of a buzz term because most of the time, nobody really does anything substantial to affect corporations. It's just a lot of talk. And I think that is the case in this bill because they, they wanted to close a bunch of loopholes to prevent people from paying, uh, to escape paying taxes, right? And then there was a bunch of partisan arguing, which resulted in a lot of those loopholes remaining open. Um, so you're going to see a tax hike for people, um, for high income folks, essentially. So like your corporation should be paying a 15% tax rate for, for corporate tax um, and trying to eliminate some of those deductions and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, and again, I wish I had the other article, maybe I still do somewhere, uh, but there was some specific legislation anyway that was still leaving some loopholes open for corporations to uh, to not have to pay these taxes. So they're going to find a way. They're going to legalize their way through it. People are, corporations still aren't going to pay tax, is, is my evaluation of this. And the other thing was that they they essentially made it so people, companies that are going to do tax or stock buybacks, 
which is a very common thing if you didn't know, um, are going to get taxed at like a 10 or 15% rate, something like that, on their tax buyback or on their stock buybacks, which, like I said, it does happen frequently. And so they're going to have a higher tax rate when doing that, which means there's going to be more tax dollars to put into like public programs and all that stuff, which is great. But that doesn't even go in effect until I think 2026 or maybe it's 2024, something like that. It's a, it's a couple years out, basically. Yeah. And so when that go, basically the assessment that I read in a couple articles is that corporations are just going to do massive stock buybacks over the next two years, right? So that way they're doing it before the, te- the law ever goes into effect. So you're not, you're probably not doing that much. Um, okay, I was completely wrong. I thought it was way higher. It's only a 1% tax on st- stock buybacks. Uh, but either way, that, that could still be tons of tax money. Um, but I just I just don't see it having yeah. that much of a of an impact. Anyway, I think that's most of the the big points on Inflation Reduction Act. If you have some other stuff that you know of that you want to talk about, please let me know. Uh, I'll be happy to comment. We just don't have a ton of time. And I think I can cover the and summarize the Semiconductor app, at, uh, Act, Chips Act. Uh, pretty quickly chips and science act there we go took me a minute uh the biggest thing is an inf- is an investment in infrastructure to bring chip manufacturing back to the united states and there's a ton of different reasons for this um all of them in my opinion are good um so there's a lower reliance on china uh which is huge because right now we have a massive reliance on china and uh, not just china but a ton of other countries for chip manufacturing the article i'm looking at says particularly taiwan which Again, if you're if you're into politics, you'll understand why the United States and China are under a lot of tension a lot of the time because of how we treat Taiwan versus how they consider Taiwan to be a part of China. Um, and so, part of this, I think, is a is a uh, you know like a backup plan in mm-hmm. the pocket of the United States just in case like we were to lose the ability to, to trade with Taiwan Taiwan <laughs> Taiwan Taiwan for any reason. Um, you you're, you're bringing some of that manufacturing back to the United States, right? So. It's a little bit contentious in terms of the political realm, but the big thing is, is we're going to be bringing jobs and semiconductor manufacturing, or in the form of semiconductor manufacturing, back to the United States, which is going to be pretty freaking cool uh, to see that transition back into producing for technology, which is going to hopefully impact things like electric vehicles and computers and other things that we, uh, cell phones, like those types of things that are yep. reliant on chip technologies, are probably Cars. going to be cheaper because they're not experiencing all the tariffs, uh, high tariff rates from China uh, and other countries that are importing. Uh, again, this is just a guess. Well I, well, I shouldn't say guess. It's a, it's an educated assessment based on what I know about the yeah. industry. And I think it's going to be helpful uh, to it's, start bringing some of that production back to you. It's one of those things where, like, we don't... Realistically, like, this bill didn't need to be passed. Like, these companies are making enough money that they could have been producing stuff here at a higher cost this entire time and still been making a ton of money. But it's giving them a 25% tax credit on manufacturing investments. Um, it's giving, it's setting aside $1.5 billion for developing technology to help U.S. firms wean off their dependence on forest, foreign telecommunication equipment. It includes $52.7 billion for domestic chip manufacturing and research subsidies. $2 billion for less advanced legacy chips that need to still be created. So it's giving a lot of money to companies who are making a lot of money to do something in the U.S. as opposed to doing it somewhere else, which is in the in the long run, it's probably a smart move, right? Like if we can bring stuff back to the U.S., like that helps people get jobs here in the U.S., like it helps our country quite a bit. But it's one of those things that realistically, like 
these companies made 70 million in, or 70 billion in profit last year. Like they didn't necessarily need the tax credit, but I'm not, I'm never going to be against giving corporate, the corporate world a kick in the ass to do something that's going to benefit, you know, a different group of people. The biggest thing is, again, it's, it's decreasing reliance on somebody that experiences a higher tariff yep. rate to import is a good thing for us. And then also jobs. Like it'll help with jobs. Things. It'll help us lower, help lower prices. Cause you're not just paying an inherently built in tax on a lot of things. There's plenty of opportunity for this not to affect pricing at all. Like, you know, you could still price gouge people even if you're producing in the United States. So mm -hmm. I won't say that that's a guarantee, but I think overall that is a good thing. Um, and then the last one, because we are completely out of time. So I'll just mention this in passing is the PACT Act, um, which increased benefits for uh, veterans who are affected by burn pits uh, and toxic chemicals in war zones. Uh, and uh, is it essentially allowing the VA to have uh, better opportunities to provide them aftercare and try to keep them taken care of in their time after serving uh, in the military, which I think is great. And I, uh, again, this is one that I'm shocked wasn't bipartisan. Uh, yep. and there was fights over it. And I think um, to be a devil's advocate, I, I think that Republicans were saying that there was a lot of additional like funds put into this bill that were going to just be kind of like frivolous expenditure funds that weren't necessarily getting allocated to the same uh, like task of helping veterans. And I, I don't know, I didn't read a seven, 800 page bill to look into that specifically. So I, I, I don't know whether that's true or false, but the fact is, is it was opposed by Republicans and they didn't want to pass it, which isn't a good look, um, but it ended up getting passed anyway. Yeah, I think it's huge. I think veteran community, the veteran community in the United States has definitely been like mistreated as a whole. Like there's a lot of, I won't, let me rephrase that. There's been a lot of shortcomings in the treatment of veterans in this country over the past forever. Um, and I think, I think, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I think, I think it's, you need to be careful in how you phrase that too. Cause I think as a society, like the American society has done a really good job of supporting veterans yes. in their return uh, from like, as they're getting out of service, coming back from, from like uh, deployment locations and anything like that. I think there is a societal support for them within the United States. I think the United States government has failed yes. to provide the proper yes. support at certain venture points. Agreed. And that's what I'm trying to say. It's just general, like, I don't know. I'm not a veteran, so I don't, I can't speak firsthand for the experience. I can only speak of what, you know, the stories that I've heard and what I've seen. And just there's, there's shortcomings that are there and it's very much, you know, government shortcomings. And so anything that's going to help out the veteran community, I think is going to be beneficial overall i don't again i understand maybe if there's some things in there that are super frivolous i understand a little bit of the opposition to it but just general opposition of something that's going to help more than it's going to hurt I, I i i will never understand that if you don't think that there's a single bill that goes through congress that doesn't have hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars in frivolous spending you're and just extra yourself. extra bs like it's it's always it's always been the case and that's why i don't think there should be anything extra thrown in there because yeah just make a bill for what you're trying to make a bill for it's stop trying happen, to right? it's never going to People there's always going to be concessions and there's always and they yep. find reasons to stick things in bills like for example during the peak of covid during covid relief bills where they were trying to get money into americans pockets to try to help them with relief uh, people were trying to sneak uh, things into those bills uh, to buy more aircraft for the United States Air Force. That was happening actively during COVID relief. And, and it, it seems like that all the time is my point. Yeah. Like, right? Like, it's not uncommon to see that, and it happens all the time. You never probably notice it because it's not highlighted in a lot of bills. 
Um, but people are using that the money to, to get other things through all the time uh, as concessions. Adam, welcome to the podcast at the very end. Thank you for joining us. I had a couple of Lost Coast beers, a wheat beer and a brown ale. You can rewind the podcast on YouTube and check those out if you want. I will briefly showcase mine. I had a cider and a very delicious that I have not rated yet uh, seltzer. But um, you also ask what are our thoughts on Trump's house getting raided by the FBI? I think the FBI had a search warrant for his premises, which. I frankly don't think we have enough time to talk about this. I'm just going to quickly say Donald Trump has a search warrant that states why they were searching the premises. If it was really that big of a problem, he would he would share that search warrant and show why it was a problem or illegitimate, as some people would like to put it. But they clearly had legal reason to be there or he would not he would be blasting that all over the world. Executing a search warrant, although on a former president not being uncommon, it's very common for this to happen. It's not done without a warrant. Um, yeah, he could show the warrant. Um, he has a copy of it right now. The FBI you... probably isn't going to talk much about it because it's an ongoing investigation, but he is a recipient of an investigation, is how I'm going to put that. Uh, yeah, definitely has cause yep. uh, in front of him. So, if, um, it, if it was that out of pocket, we would know about it. I'm happy to address my like you know my feelings on that plenty. Um but yeah, to be quick and you know summarize my feelings on it, I think it's a, probably a justified search on um, a, a, pro- a property based on whatever their warrant was for and the investigation they're doing. Uh, that being said, I think the thing that annoys me most is that we're back to fucking talking about Hillary Clinton, and I'm just so fucking sick of talking about Hillary Clinton. Same. Um, but anyway, yeah, Adam, we can talk about that more anytime you want, or you can join us next week. And if you ask again in the chat next week, I will address it more specifically. Uh, that's all I got though. Thank you for joining us for another episode of two average husbands. Jake, please rate your beer. I will rate mine and then we'll close out. I have to do this now off of the untapped scale. So I will give this a 4.75. This was fucking amazing. It tastes like if I poured, um, I don't know if you've ever had like the, um, mango pineapple, banana or orange pineapple, banana dole juice. If you mix that with Sprite, that would be what I just drank. If I could, if, there is next to no alcohol in this, but it's 7%. This would be dangerous on like a really nice summer day. Yeah. Fair enough. Adam, I have so much to say about the long message you posted. We need to talk more about this some other time. Um, but yes, anyway, uh, I can put it up here so people can read that if they want to. This is what Adam had to say. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can see that on the screen. If not, I'm not reading it for you. Come watch us on YouTube. <laughs> like, uh, just because we have to close out. All right, so I'm giving this one a 2.5. Uh, on the untapped scale. It's a brown ale. I've said this a million times. I think they mostly taste the same. There's nothing wrong with this. If you like browns, I think they're good. It's just like um, a slightly more flavorful flavorful version of like your light beers, you know? You'll see that a lot if you look at my untapped ratings, what I've actually given for a lot of the beer. I just ran, like wrote like, yep, it's a stout. Yep, it's an amber. Yeah, and I don't agree with you when it comes to stouts. I think stouts have a, a great way of differentiating themselves and flavor profiles. I good, do not think browns have the same. Good stouts do, but a lot of stouts taste the same or very similar. Yeah, porters more so, I think, than stouts. Anyway, right outside. Jake, stop putting me on tangents. No. We're closing out. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Two Average Husbands. We appreciate everybody being in the chat with us today. It's always better for us to have the interaction, and it uh, keeps the conversation flowing. I wasn't in Discord today because I'm stupid, um, so we'll keep. I was in Discord open. today, though. Don't you worry. Thank you. Jake was in Discord uh, on our behalf, so we'll, we'll always be in there. Uh, one or both of us, hopefully both of us, every single week. 
uh, chatting along with you guys if you don't want to have those conversations on YouTube. If you want to find us on the social medias, which you should, please watch every week on YouTube. That's the best way to do this because you get to see us and interact with us live. Um, so yeah, you can like us, subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you don't and your form of ingesting podcast is via audio only, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on all of those Um and you can join us there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Jake is personal is at Perry underscore FF as you see on the screen. If you're looking at us on YouTube and mine is at Kyle Anderson. If you're looking at us on YouTube as well, you'll see the at uh, number two ABG husbands fall uh, on the bottom of the screen there for Instagram and Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook more active on the personals. To be honest, we just mostly tweet, uh, you know, podcast direct related updates on the podcast channels. So follow us all over the place and we'll be happy to interact with you. Uh, but I think that's all I've got. So Jake, you want to close us the rest of the way out? As always, Kyle pretty much covered everything that there is to cover. Make sure you check us out on our personal and our podcast sponsored platforms. We do have some cool updates, hopefully coming for y'all in the next few weeks here. Um, just some revamps to a couple things that are already in place for the podcast. But thank you all for tuning in. We will see you in the next episode. And as always, don't forget to tell somebody that you love them. Peace.